Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And we're back. Again. Yes, we were literally just recording about, what, five minutes ago? Almost like half an hour ago, really. Yeah, give or take a little bit. Just because we needed a break. If you listened to our last episode, um, we went all over the place, but we ended on kind of a down note. So we just needed a moment to feel like ourselves again and to not bring you down again. Yes. Because we love you and we don't want to do that to you. Yes. Um, any, any news? Anything we didn't talk about? No. No? No. Um, okay. I dyed my hair. Nice. Yeah, I didn't mention that before. I dyed my hair. I literally just got rid of grays. I've had gray hair since I was 17, and it hasn't bothered me until this year. And then I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do something about that." It's funny because I'm literally gonna like bleach bleach and develop my hair and tone my hair so I have a Sweeney Todd stripe. Yeah, that that is weird. In itself is not weird. It looks awesome, but it's weird that you're trying to get rid of grays and I'm trying to install grays. Well, you and I have also had this conversation, and I've had it with many people True. before. It's it's just the way women are perceived, and unfortunately, as much as I want to fight the patriarchy, it's a little bit difficult when it's ingrained in everyone. True. For specific things. For other things, I will fight the patriarchy. But if that's just daughter, because I am who I if am. I, if I have a daughter, and she like prematurely gets grays, I'm like, it's okay, you've got moonlight in your hair. Oh, I've told myself all kinds of things, but then apparently this year was the year where I was like, no. No more. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Anyway, so last episode, we talked about just about everything but Harry Potter. And today, we're getting back to Harry Potter. Oh my good gosh. I know, right? Yes. It just, it took long enough, right? Um... So here we are. Hey, it's us again. And we're gonna do the podcast again. I'm just trying to get the the file. I literally just lost the book for a second. Nice. So we're still doing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. My gosh, I literally blanked. Yes, we're doing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, Chapter 23, The Yule Ball. Yeah, this is episode 88. But remember, we had like five bonus episodes. You're right. I apologize. We're in season four, episode googly moogly. Um, I don't know which episode we're in because I did not. Take a look at that. I'm gonna say twenty-nine. Sure. Okay, for now we're going with twenty-nine. We're probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. It's okay. Guess what, guess what? You were right. We are episode twenty-nine in season four. I'm just good like that. You really are sometimes. 
That's right. I said it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if y'all... Did I really just say y'all? If you weren't aware of where we were before, let me just give you a brief recap of where we were. Um, Harry beat the first task. And then he finds out that he has to invite somebody to the Yule Ball. And as a champion, he has to dance. And yes. and he's not really keen about that. He must prance like a lordly lion. <laughs> that That's from the movie. Yes. And I think the book as well. I don't remember. I haven't read the chapter in a little bit. Um, so, yeah. We... Oh... Yeah, remember Malfoy was rude and and Malfoy and Harry hexed each other at the same time, but they rebounded and hit other people. Yep. And Hermione's teeth got huge, bigger than her normal teeth. And Mm -hmm. Snape basically said, I see no difference. He's a jerk. Yes. So here we are. Everyone is getting ready to stay at school because the Yule Ball is happening on Christmas. Here we go. Um, although it is the end of term, pretty much everybody stayed at school. Uh, of course, because they're all looking forward to the Yule Ball. And even though they have loads of homework assigned to them because they're in their fourth year and they have to get ready for their owls that are going to happen next year, Harry is in no mood to work. He doesn't want to do any of his homework. He even hasn't figured out what the clue is for the second task. He still doesn't want to do that either. True. Um, so he spends that week between when the term ended and Christmas just living life, enjoying himself. Um, Fred and George are having great success with their canary creams. And the first couple days of the holiday, everyone is getting canaried left and right <laughs> to the point where pretty much every Gryffindor is like, no, nah, we're, we're just not gonna touch anything that might have canary cream concealed in the center. Just we've learned better. We're not doing that. Harry actually says he makes a mental note to never accept anything for Fred and George in the future because he still hasn't forgotten Dudley and the ton tongue toffee. That's a good idea, to be honest. Yeah. Puking pastilles, feigning fancies. You have a lot. Oh, yeah. So, of course, it's winter, and they're in Scotland. So it's snowing all over the place. And the poor Beaubatons are going through it. Especially uh, Fleur, with her talking about how cold it is, and how the food is too rich, and... Everybody at Hogwarts and Durmstrang, from Durmstrang, also seem to be happy, but Fleur has something to say about everything. It is too heavy, all this Hogwarts food, they heard her saying grumpily as they left the great hall behind her one evening. I will not fit into my dress robes. And, you know, Hermione doesn't like Fleur. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. What a tragedy. Um, And... Ron takes this opportunity to try to, once again, figure out who Hermione is going to go to the Yule Ball with. And Hermione's like, 
Uh, leave it alone. I'm not telling you. You're going to make fun of me. And of course, Malfoy, in all of his Malfoyery, and his Draconess, and his... I was going to say something that I shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, you're joking, Weasley. You're not telling me someone's asked that to the ball. Not the long molared mudblood. Which, how dare you? And <clears throat> Hermione says right behind her, waving to somebody over Malfoy's shoulder, Hello, Professor Mooney. And Malfoy goes pale and jumps backwards. And Hermione, in one of her best moments, says, Twitchy little ferret, aren't you, Malfoy? I love it. I love it. She's so sassy. She, I don't know, when when any of the main three get sassy, it's just like a good day. Absolutely. And that's when Ron is like, wait a second, Hermione. You look different. Your teeth. And she's like, what about them? He's like, they're different. And she's like, well, of course they are. I wasn't going to let Malfoy, what Malfoy did to me stay. And he's like, no, no, no. They're different than before. And she's like, oh, yeah. When Madame Madame Pomfrey was fixing them, she told me to tell her when to stop when they looked like what they used to look like. And I just let her keep going. And like, my parents are going to be mad, but oh, well. And why are her parents going to be mad? Ow. Hmm? Why are her parents going to be mad that she did that to her teeth? Because uh, they're dentists. They exactly. don't believe. They don't believe in combining like magic and dentistry. And that's exactly what she says. Yep. So, um, that's when Pigwidgeon Pig comes back, and they're super excited to get the letter, but they decide that they're going. You know. They're going to stay in the common room and read it there. And do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? You can go for it because I have this. I don't have okay. the actual. It's, uh, it says, Dear Harry, congratulations on getting past the Horntail. Whoever put your name in the goblet shouldn't be feeling too happy right now. I was going to suggest a con- conjunctivitis curse as a dragon's eyes are its weakest point. That's what Crumb did, yes. Hermione whispered. But your way was better. I'm impressed. Don't get complacent, though, Harry. You've only done one task. Whoever put you in for the tournaments got plenty more opportunity if they're trying to hurt you. Keep your eyes open, particularly when the person we discussed is around, and concentrate on keeping yourself out of trouble. Keep in touch. I still want to hear about anything unusual. Serious. So, if you remember, the person he said to keep an eye on was... It was either Karkaroff, right? It was Karkaroff. Yeah. Because, hello, Karkaroff was a Death Eater. Mm Mm-hmm. And, as we know, Death Eaters, Voldemort's followers. Yes. Pretty bad people. And a lot of people believe once a Death Eater, always a Death Eater. Yes. So, um... Excuse me. Hermione thinks that Harry should focus on the egg clue. Um, yeah... Especially since the first one was dragons. I mean, he's got to kind of figure out what the second one is. I'm assuming that all of them think that it's going to progressively get worse. As they should think that. Because it's a competition. Nothing gets easier throughout a competition. It just gets more and more difficult. Uh, Harry's like, yeah, okay, sure. 
and we can't really talk about this in here so we can't figure it out uh, uh harry actually says that sirius sounds exactly like moody constant vigilance um and hermione's like but he's right so i mean come on figure it out and uh that is when dobby shows up mm-hmm. dobby shows up scares the ever-loving bejeebus out of harry and he's there to bring harry his presents to wish him a merry christmas and to bring him his presents and what does he bring harry as a present mm. homemade socks one red with broomsticks and one green with snitches why because hello harry's a harry's a what seeker it's a thing mm-hmm. it's what he does um and harry's like yeah i've got something for you too and dobby is delighted and he's like oh i forgot to wrap this and he gives him his oldest and foulest mustard yellow socks that had once belonged to uncle vernon dobby couldn't be happier he's like but sir they has made a mistake in the shop harry potter they's giving you two the same that's when we find out that dobby is like oh no they're supposed to be mismatched no listen he has a unique style okay he does he does and that's when ron is like oh no harry how could you do that i'll tell you what dobby here you go take these two you can mix them up properly ron to the rescue and here's your sweater Mm -hmm. so he threw a pair of socks violet socks that he had just unwrapped he threw them towards dobby and then the hand knitted sweater the the weasley sweater and Dobby was overwhelmed with the kind gestures. And it's like, they're teenagers. They're literally getting rid of the stuff they don't want. But Dobby is elated. Because he feels like he has friends. Gentle. And he's getting presents. That's kind of what he wants. I mean, freedom is nice, but like friends. Yeah. And he that's when Dobby returns to the kitchens to continue with the preparations for the ball. Um, Al, would you like to continue? Um, why not? At around 5 p.m. Yes, at around 5 p.m., Hermione leaves to get ready for the ball. Ron asks if she really needs three hours, and again asks who she's going with. But she says nothing. Okay. It takes girls forever to get ready for stuff. It does. Especially when she has bushy hair. Like, to me, that always meant that she had big curly hair, right? Yes. Curly hair is not the easiest to take care of. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting ready for something, if you're going to leave it curly, it still takes like an hour, depending on how long your hair is. Jeez. If you're not going to leave it curly, it takes even longer. So it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And Ron being Ron doesn't understand that. No, for sure. So. Um... Ron is highly embarrassed by his robes, which look more like a dress. Yeah, his dress robes are... They're A tragedy. 
Yeah. I always imagine them pretty much the way that they're shown in the movie. Mm-hmm. Where they're frilly and gross looking and old and like looking like a grandma's dress. Mm-hmm. But not even like a dress your grandma would want to be caught in. Like a house dress. Yeah. No, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he did remove the tatty lace. Yes. Because it had, had tatty lace on like the cuffs. Oh, it was awful. Uh, everywhere. Okay. It was terrible. Harry meets uh, Pavardi dressed in bright pink robes in the common room. And they and the other Gryffindors proceed to the en- uh, entry hall? Entrance hall, rather. Why do I say entry? It's weird. Clad in turquoise robes, Padma is rather aghast at Ron's appearance. So that's one of those things that in the movie, um, Pavardi is wearing pink robes with an orange accent. Like, she's wearing a sari, it looks like. Pink robes, orange accent. And then Padma is wearing orange with pink accent. Interesting. Which, to me, makes sense because they're twins, and twins tend to dress similarly. But in the book, it's completely different. Which, which to me, makes sense because Pavardi is a Gryffindor, and Padma is a Ravenclaw. So, I think this was JK's way of differentiating between them even further. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So where are we at? And Ron, when they're in the entranceway, Ron just wants to hide. hide from Floor because he asked her out and she didn't respond. Well, he screamed at her. Yeah. So, but she didn't respond positively or negatively. I mean, it would have been negatively because she already had a date. Or because he screamed at her, like you said. And he's younger than her. True. But she's going with the. Ravenclaw team captain Roger Davies. Which did, did, did I say that he was a yes, Ravenclaw? You did. I did it. Okay. Uh, the Slytherins arrive and neither Crab nor Coyle have a date, which makes sense because Crab looks like his face is smushed in like a crab and Goyle looks like a gargoyle. Yes. The Durmstrang students enter from outside. Victor Crumb is accompanied by a pretty girl Harry does not initially recognize. Professor McGonagall summons the champions, who will enter last in procession. Looking at the other champions, Harry suddenly recognizes Crumb's date. It's Hermione. She has straightened her hair, and her posture is different. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that her posture would be different? She's walking in with Victor Crumb, international Quidditch player. Like, she's on top of the world right now. She got a cute guy. I'm like, she's a teenager. What else do you want her to worry about at the moment? Others are also surprised by her changed appearance. Rivardi is astonished. Ron walks past without looking at her. Crown's female fan club glare at her, and even Malfoy and his date, Pansy Parkinson, are rendered speechless. I think that's the best part. Yes. That Malfoy, who always has something to say, is just done. Yep. Uh, in the great hall, small tables have been replaced with the long house uh, have replaced the long house tables. So it looks like they're kind of think of it like a prom. Yep. They're trying to make it look better. The four champions and their dates are seated at the head table along with Professor Dumbledore, Madame Maxime, 
Professor Karkaroff, Ludo Bagman, and surprisingly, Percy Weasley, who was substituting for Mr. Barty Crouch Sr. Why do you always include the senior part? Because that's his name. Yes, but it's never said in the book like that. Because that's how I say it in my head every single time. Yes, but then that makes... That makes nothing. Let's continue. No, it makes the whole thing... Anywho. So... Percy slightly tells Harry he has uh, been promoted to Mr. Crouch's personal assistant. Uh, The tournament preparations have apparently left Mr. Crouch stressed and fatigued, especially after he dismissed his house elf, Blinky or whatever her name is, and now sends instructions by Owl from home to the office. Well, and I think it's really telling that Percy... Um, is like, oh yeah, Blinky. Like, come on, dude. You knew her name was Winky, and you're acting like just because she's a house elf that she's not important. Mm-hmm. It makes me really upset. Yep. Uh, Crumb tells Hermione that Dermastring Castle is smaller and less comfortable than Hogwarts, having only four floors. Karkaroff warns him about sharing too much information and revealing Dermastring's location. The Professor Dumbledore suggests uh, there may be too much concern over secrecy. Karkarov asks if Dumbledore is not happy or he alone knows all Hogwarts secrets. Dumbledore responds that he would never presume to know all the school's secrets. Only recently, he stumbled upon a room filled with chamber pots that he had never seen before and has been unable to find since. Which, to me... We know what it is. We know what it is, but to me, it always seemed interesting because he actually says, you know, I I was looking for a bathroom and I found this room and I haven't been able to find it since. And when I was reading the book, I was like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if you could find a room like that? True. Yeah. Just a room with like just a bunch of money. Just money. Just money. You walk in and you're like, oh. Okay, I'm just going to put this in my pocket. Yeah. And keep moving. Yep. After dinner, the tables are magically swept aside, and the stage with a band rises against one wall. As the music starts, Pavardi drags Harry to his feet, saying that they are supposed to dance. Soon, the floor fills with other couples, many worse dancers than Harry. Neville frequently steps on Ginny's feet. And I think it's so cute that they're still there having a good time. Yes. Professor Moody compliments Harry on, Harry on his socks, causing Pravardi to comment that his magical eye is rather creepy. Which I think, don't they jump to, like, his defense or, like, or something to that degree? Um, My brain says that they either, like, defend him or just, like, brush it off. I don't remember. Anyway. After the first song ends, Harry sits with Ron and Padma. Both Pravardi and Padma are disgruntled that they do not get to dance again. Pravardi finally leaves to dance with the Bobaton boy. Uh, Bobaton's boy, anyway. And elated Hermione floats over, but Ron attacks her for fraternizing with the enemy. Or fraternizing. Um, heated words are exchanged, are exchanged, and Hermione angrily disappears into the crowd. Padma also leaves, joining Pravardi. Hold on, so we need to talk about this scene. Yes. Um, it's a big fight. So he says, uh, 
what's up with you? If you don't know, said Ron scathingly, I'm not going to tell you. Ron, what? He's from Durmstrang. He's competing against Harry, against Hogwarts. You, you're fraternizing with the enemy. That's what you're doing. And she says, don't be so stupid. The enemy? Honestly, who was the one who was excited when they saw him arrive? Who was the one who wanted his autograph? Who's got a model of him up in their dormitory? Ron chose to ignore this. I suppose he asked you to come with him while you were both in the library. Yes, he did, said Hermione. So what? What happened? Trying to get him to join Spew, were you? No, I wasn't. If you really want to know, he said he'd been coming up to the library every day to try and talk to me, but he hadn't been able to pluck up the courage. And Hermione said this quickly and she blushed. Yeah, well, that's his story, said Ron nastily. What's that supposed to mean? Obvious, isn't it? He's Karkaroff's student, isn't he? He knows who you hang around with. He's just trying to get closer to Harry, get inside information on him, or get near enough to jinx him. And Hermione looks like she's ready to hurt Ron. She says, for your information, he hasn't asked me one single thing about Harry. Not one. And Ron is like, then he's hoping you'll find him, you'll help him find out what his egg means. I suppose you've been putting your heads together during those cozy little library sessions. Oh, Ron. Why is he doing this? Because he's jelly. Well, maybe he should have asked her. I'd never help him work out the egg. Never. How could you say something like that? I want Harry to win the tournament. Harry knows that, don't you, Harry? And Ron is quick to say, you've got a funny way of showing it. Hermione says, this whole tournament's supposed to be about getting to know foreign wizards and making friends with them. No, it isn't. It's about winning. And Harry says, Ron, I haven't got a problem with Hermione coming with Crumb. But Ron ignored him. Why don't you go and find Vicky? He'll be wondering where you are. Don't call him Vicky. Hermione jumps to her feet. And she just leaves. And Ron watches her leave um, with a mixture of anger and satisfaction on his face. Why? Why? Why are teenagers like this to one another? Why can't he have just asked her to the dance, to the ball? Why couldn't he have just said, I'm mad that you're with him? Like, it would have made everything so much simpler. True. But they're teenagers. It wouldn't have happened. Is there anything else you would like to say about that exchange? I think it's just that, like, Ron has never seen her as anything other than a friend. And so, like, that realization is slow to come on, but it hits, like, like a, like a ton of bricks. Let me give you a scenario and tell me how the last sentence strikes you, okay? Okay. I'm going to read it to you. Give me a sec. Because I posted it in Discord to my friends not too long ago. Okay, let me read this to you. Don't read it. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Judith Love Cohen, who helped create the abort guidance system which rescued the Apollo 13 astronauts, went to work on the day she was in labor. She took a printout of a problem she was working on to the hospital. She called her boss and said she finished the problem and gave birth to Jack Black. Look it up. 
Judith Love Cohen, who worked on that system for the Apollo 13 spacecraft, is Jack Black's mother. That's crazy. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it. And I think Ron is going through a similar thing where it's, like, realizing that Hermione is actually a girl is hit him like a ton of bricks in that moment. Is actually a girl, and he's not happy that she went to the ball with anyone but him. Because he be jelly. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um... It's a very bad signal to give, though. Or, like, a bad message to send, like... As if he feels like he has dibs on her. Because they were friends. Like, it's kind of gross. Yeah. So, Padma ends up asking Ron, Are you going to ask me to dance at all? That already happened. They already ditched. And he's a no. Yeah. And Victor comes looking for Miney, and he's dismissed. Dismissed, yeah. Percy comes over, talking about how the tournament is meant to foster international cooperation, and it is great that Ron is making friends with Crumb. Yep. And it's like, oh, Percy. Oblivious, as always. I hate Percy. I, mm, hate. Mm, hate. I'm not oh. a fan of Percy at this moment. Yep. Ludo Bagnum is intercepted by the Weasley twins. Um... There's something going on there. Shady. Anyway. He shakes them off, heading over to talk to Harry. He claims the twins were asking about marketing assistance for their trick wands. Harry certain Percy will report this to Mrs. Weasley because he's still there. Talking about the cooperation of international wizards and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Stupid soapboxes this time. Harry and Ron escape as Percy talks shop with Ludo. Yeah. Outside in the Rose Garden, because that's where they go off to... Because they, they leave the ball. Yeah, because Ron is like, let's yeah. go for a walk, get away from Percy, let's go. And honestly, I think Ron is also wanting to go for a walk. And to... get away and not see Hermione with Crumb. Crumb because yeah. that would be not good for his fragile little ego. Yes. Anyway, outside in the Rose Garden, Karkarov is talking with Professor Snape. So can we just talk about how the Rose Garden looks? So there's fluttering this is the fairy only lights. Time it's mentioned, by the way. Yeah, fluttering fairy lights in the rose garden twinkle as they go down the front steps. They're surrounded by bushes, winding ornamental paths, large stone statues, a fountain, carved benches. Like this seems like a rose garden I would want to chill in. It seems like a rose garden that you could just drop into Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And, and you know, Belle, Emma, yep. Hermione will be there. Yep. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Continue. Karkarov is talking with Professor Snape about something that is becoming more distinct. Snape suggests that Karkarov can t- run for it if, that, uh, if he is that worried. Then flee, flee. I will make your excuses. I, however, am remaining at Hogwarts. That's what he says. Yep. Harry and Ron wonder how these two got on a first-name basis. Harry and Ron overhear another conversation between Madame Maxine and Hagrid. Hagrid Mm. reveals that he is a half-giant and suggests that Madame Maxine is the same. She indignantly uh, insists uh, she is just big-boned. Yes. Moment I saw you, I knew, Hagrid says. And what did you know, Agrid? 
said Madame Maxine, a purr in her low voice. I just knew, knew you were like me. Was it your mother or your father? I, I don't know what you mean, agreed. It was my mother. She was one of the last ones in Britain. Of course, I can't remember her too well. She left, see, when I was about three. She wasn't really the maternal sort. Well, it's not in their natures, is it? To know what happened to her might be dead for all I know. Madame Maxine doesn't say anything. My dad was heartbroken, was brokenhearted when she went. Tiny little bloke my dad was. By the time I was six, I could lift him up and put him on top of the dresser if he annoyed me. Used to make him laugh. Uh, dad raised me, but he died, of course, just after I started school. Sort of had to make my own way after that. Dumbledore was a real help, mind. Very kind to me, he was. So anyway, enough about me. What about you? Which side you get it on? Uh, but Madame Maxine had suddenly got to her feet. It is chilly. Um, I think I will go in now. Eh? No, don't go. I've, I've never met another one before. Another what precisely? And this is when he says it. Another half giant, of course. And she shrieks, how dare you? Half giant, moi, I have, I have big bones. <laughs> and she storms away. Those are like, she got, she got mammoth bones implanted in her then. Like, jeez. Ron, Ron doesn't move. Ron asks Harry if he knew Haggard was a half giant. Harry says no, but so what? Ron mentions that wizards generally fear giants because they are mindlessly vicious. The seer may carry over to Haggard, at least among those who do not know him. Um, it doesn't say it in this in this uh, little synopsis that we're reading. He says, but Harry and Ron are actually caught by Snape. If, no, they stop. No, Snape, no, Snape catches another, a floor yeah, and and and. and Davies. Yeah, and he takes 10 points for living in class. And they decide, you know, it might be best if we just go inside and skip yeah. this point takeage. Yeah. But back in the hall, Harry and Ron continue discussing giants. There are apparently none left in England. Because Hagrid even alluded that to, to, to that too. She's one of the last. Harry says, big bones. The only thing that's got bigger bones than her is a dinosaur. True. He's so sassy. <laughs> They were already dying out, but many were killed by orders. Those left are somewhere. Uh, those left are somewhere in the European mountains. Yeah. Ron says he does not know who Madame Maxine thinks she is. Kidding? There. Yeah. There's no way that she could just be big boned. True, yeah. as you said. Um, the ball ends at midnight. Hermione heads to Gryffindor Tower, shooting Ron a cold look as she passes. Cedric calls Harry aside because Harry helped him with the dragon, and it's only fair that he should return the favor. He suggests Harry to take a bath with his egg and tells him how to get into the prefix bathroom. So, mm-hmm. this is one of those things that in the movie, it's way later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like... That happens on that bridge. Yes. To Hogwarts that, like, is movie-specific, but it's very iconic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it makes sense that it's happening now, because why? when no, else it would it happen? There. It happens... It happens in the hallway that leads leads to the courtyard. The bridge is when Harry tells him about the dragons. No. No. The bridge. The, the bridge is when he's talking to Hermione about something. 
I love that bridge, though. I'm gonna be. They're talking right about Victor. Yes. How um. He's more eight... of a physical being. <laughs> no. Why does no one mention that she's 14 and he's 18, 19? By the way. He's 18. She's 14. They have okay. different. They have different laws. And if I recall correctly, you come of age when you're 17 in the Wizarding World. Where's so, the excuse? No, you're not. You're not understanding. Yes. Okay, continue. They have different consent laws in the UK than they do in the US. Okay. And even 16. in the US, there are different ages depending on what state you're in. It doesn't change the fact that he is of age. She is not of age in the Wizarding World, which is 17, which is a, a fact. No one bats an eye. Yes. I have a problem with this. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I think that it is problematic. And the fact that she so easily believes what he says. Oh no, I've been coming Wait, to the library. Wait, isn't her birthday in September? I don't know. It still doesn't change the fact that she's still not of age. September 19th, so she would be 15 at this point. Doesn't make it better. Anyway. I'm just saying. I think that it's problematic in general, but I think that they're trying to play it off with, they're still in school, they are in school together, they're technically considered peers, yes, but they're he not. Yes, also plays for an international Quidditch team, and he's a star. A global star. Yeah. Who can say whatever she wants, whatever he wants, and she'll believe it. Yes. Yeah, I, I've i been coming to the library just so I can try and talk to you, but I can't because of all of my fangirls. It's so hard. So hard. So hard. It's super problematic. No, I, I, actu I actually like thought about it. I've been thinking about it for a while, and I was just like, this is bad. Very much so. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> the ball ends at midnight. Hermione heads the group from the tower. She the egg. Uh, Harry, apart from his resentment over Cedric being Cho Chang's date, is uncertain how to react to this, so he says nothing. He's very much so disbelieving at this moment. He's like, number one, I hate Cedric. And if I hate him, he hates me. So what he's saying is bullcrap. I hate you, Cedric. Yeah, but he That's helped Cedric. Said. I know, but he helped Cedric <laughs> earlier. No, I know. he helped him with that. So. It, I know, I know, but that's that's Harry's mentality right now. It's so funny because it's literally how a 14-year-old would act. Yes. I hate you, so you kind of hate me too, right? Because it's back and forth. Cause, so what you're telling me is crap, and you're crap, and I hate you. That's, that's a 14-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just keep thinking about it. it makes yeah. Laugh. Anyway, so um, they get back to the common room, and Harry finds Ron and Hermione in a shouting match. Oh, and <sighs> they're standing ten feet apart, bellowing at each other, each it. scarlet in the face. Well, if you don't like it, you know what the solution is, don't you? Yelled Hermione, her hair coming down out of its elegant bun now, and her face was screwed up in anger. Oh yeah? Ron yelled back. What's that? 
Next time there's a ball, ask me before someone else does, and not as a last resort. Got him. Ron mouthed soundlessly like a goldfish out of water as Hermione turned her heels, turned on her heel and stormed up the girl's staircase to bed. Ron turned to look at Harry. Well, he sputtered, looking thunderstruck. Well, that just proves completely missed the point. <laughs> Harry didn't say anything. He liked being back on speaking terms with Ron too much to speak his mind right now. But he somehow thought that Hermione had gotten the point much better than Ron had. Again, they waited until the last minute. Mm -hmm. He didn't even find his own date. Harry found a date for him. And then he had the nerve to be like, yeah, I'll just take Hermione. It's fine. You know, this chapter that I think about it is like one of the best well-rounded chapters probably the entire series. So... We have the 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 sort of like infantile sort of like teenage stupid brain of Harry and Ron, mm -hmm. but then we also have plot. Yes, with the the hidden plot with uh, Snape and Karkaroff, mm -hmm. and then we have character um, building for Hagrid. We find out that he's half giant. Um, we find out information on giants in general. So world building, even in book four, we get more world building. Yeah. Um, and we also see some character development in Harry and Ron. Ron mm -hmm. is realizing things aren't exactly the way he thought they were. Yes. Harry is realizing sometimes you have to keep your mouth shut to keep the peace. Yep. Um, and he's also realizing that although... <laughs> Although he may want something to happen, mm -hmm. his inaction led to something else happening. Yeah. Something that he's not very happy about. Yep. So maybe, just maybe, mm -hmm. what Hermione said doesn't just apply to Ron. It applies to Harry, too. Where don't think of something as a last option. If you want something to happen, do it before somebody else does. Because then you have nobody to blame but yourself. Correct. So, that, I looking back at this chapter, like I said, it's a very well-rounded chapter. It kind of gives you everything you need. Yeah. It gives you hidden plot. It gives you this. It gives you that. It gives you everything. 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 You even get a, a silly Dumbledore moment. Yes. What more could you want? Oh, we get Dobby. We get to see Dobby. He gets presents and he's happy. My heart is happy. Boom. Best chapter. Not actually, but it's up there. It's a really good chapter. It's a really good chapter. It's underrated. It is. It is! It is underrated. I think a lot of these chapters that aren't huge action-filled chapters in this book are seriously underrated. Where there aren't duels and Voldemort. Yeah. Ugh, I shouldn't say his name. Uh, <laughs> he who shall not be named. Um, Moldy Shorts. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Baldy Warts. Oh my god, there's someone who did the, the, the thingy for I Am Tom Marvel and mm -hmm. it's like... <laughs> no, I saw it! Tom, it's so funny! Tom, Lord Tom who loves dildos or something? <laughs> no! I have to find oh, it! What is it? I'm gonna look for Do it. not say those things again, because then we can't be fr family friendly. <laughs> We're still family friendly. Listen. 
Listen to yourself. Stop. <laughs> you stop. I cannot. I know you can't. I'm looking for her. Marvel. Con- we'll continue. Anagram. Meme. Okay. Image. Go ahead. Hold on, gosh. I'm looking. Well, no, because we have to keep going with the thing, you know? Tom, a of... Marvel dildo. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's all these crossed out, and then I am Lord Voldemort. Cool, circled. I love it. Go ahead with whatever else. Oh, just a heads up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Tom, a dildo lover. Sorry. Okay, we're done. I'm done. Okay, chapter done. Sorry, family friendly. If you're a child, do not look up any of the words I just said. I am so annoyed with you right now. I had to do it. That's what it is. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I have to give the fans what they want. They don't want that. Listen, sometimes you don't know what you want. They don't want that. Sometimes you don't know what you want. They don't want that. You don't always know what you want. Really? But I can help sometimes. And you all fine. Okay, anyway, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm kind of tired and loopy right now. You think? Let's, let's end this one. Good chapter. It was a good chapter. Yes. So... Let's find out what happens now that Ron has stuck his foot in his mouth. Yes. Um, majorly. Majorly. Yes. And let's find out what else is happening because I'm sure there's going to be more issues um, and something's going to come back to bite somebody in the behind. Yes. I have a feeling. Well, I've also read the book, so I know what's happening. But we know literally everything. Yeah. But you can't have revelations occur without it coming back. Something's yep. going to happen. Yep. All right. True. So that's it. Yes. We're done. We did it. Lord Moldy Shorts. Yes. We're going to be done. Mr. Tom. <laughs> Mr. Tom. Um, bye. Bye. You cannot say things that are inappropriate. Dude, it was perfect. No.